0: Well, hello, everyone. You're listening to the Animal Files podcast, and we have another great interview for you, Miss Annie Burke. She is an animal communicator and animal medium, and we are happy to have her join us. And I'm going to throw it over to Miranda, and we'll get this interview started.
1: Yeah, we're really thrilled to have you with us today, Annie. And we're looking forward to hearing your thoughts and views around animal communication. So Annie is, her business is Cosmic Heart Intuitive, and she is based out of Brisbane as an international animal communicator and animal medium, and she loves to convey messages between animals and their humans. She is also an international best-selling author, healer, and host of her own podcast show, What Animals Tell Me. She enjoys discovering animal wisdom and enabling animal parents to better understand their animal's behavior and health issues so that they can enhance the quality of their animal's life and deepen their relationship. She also loves supporting healing and well-being of animals and humans and combine her spiritual gifts to provide intuitive healing support. So we'll get into your book in a moment here to get you to share a little bit more about that. But To start with, what led you into this field? What drew you to it or
2: maybe what pulled you to it? (laughs) Yep, great question. And thank you for welcoming me to your show. For as long as I can remember, I've always thought that my animals could understand everything that I was saying and I wished I could understand them. And I actually used to say, I wish I could speak cat. And I had a little ginger girl cat and apparently about 97% of ginger cats are boys. So it was unusual Mm -hmm. to have a ginger girl. So she was very Mm -hmm. special. And sadly, she passed away after a very short illness. And it Mm -hmm. just made me feel as though I'd missed the opportunity to get to know her and understand her through being able to talk with her. So Mm -hmm. her passing inspired me to look for animal communication courses And I found one, and the image of the cat on the front page of the website looked exactly like her. So I thought, wow, there's a sign from the universe uh -hmm. that this is what I'm meant to be doing so I enrolled in the course and I had two cats with me at the time and they became my very patient teachers so I had to practice a lot with them learning how to send messages and how to tune into the frequency of their energy so that I could connect with them and get answers to my questions but then also Mm -hmm. ask them to send me things so that I could make sure that I was getting the right information from them. So this all happened over 10 years ago now. Mm-hmm. So I've just done lots of practicing since with my animals, with friends' animals so that they can confirm some of the answers that I get. So I don't just think, am I making this all up in my head? Am I hearing it? <laughs> because it is easy to doubt yourself when you hear some weird things. Uh, yep. And then I love going to zoos and talking with the animals in the zoos, because once you start talking with animals, it's telepathic it's all in your head mm. so you're not actually saying anything out loud so at a zoo no one would know I'm talking to the animal I can just hear their voice in my head and they've all got different voices just like humans so it's just fascinating you can hear them when they're smiling some of them are real practical jokers um, <laughs> but it's just lovely being able to talk I had to speak to a horse recently who did unfortunately run into an electric fence and he'd actually hurt oh. himself on his chest running into the fence. And when I talked to him, he said, oh, it was shocking. <laughs> <laughs> so good on him. He was in pain, but his <laughs> sense of humour wasn't damaged and he totally understood <laughs> the kind shocking. So, you know, some people tell me, oh, you know, they're just a pet and they might understand no and walk but actually I'm here to tell you that they have a very sophisticated understanding of English and they just amaze me with what they know and the wisdom that they share. So yes, that's just one of example of their sense of humour. And mm-hmm. I had another cat I had to speak with whose mum wanted to know why he likes splashing water out of his water bowl. And a lot of cats do. So anyway, he told me and I said, oh, would you like to tell mum anything else? And he said, does she want an existential expose on the physics of displacing a volume of water? (laughs) And I just listened to that and thought, wow, okay, I wasn't (laughs) expecting that. And he totally understood the concept because, yes, displacing the volume of water with his paw is exactly what he was going to do. But to understand it like that, I just thought, I wonder whether he's been a science teacher in a previous lifetime. I just was not expecting him to answer like that. So because of all these experiences I've had, I now just expect the unexpected when I have a conversation. I never know what they're going to say. I had a (laughs) horse sing some of her answers to me. And I've never had an animal sing to me before. And her mum wanted to know whether she'd like to try a bridle that meant that she would have no metal in her mouth. And she started singing Alleluia. And I thought... (laughs) Very intelligent, knowing that that was the right song to sing as the answer, but also Ah. bonus singing rather than just telling me, yes, that would be great. So they're just a joy (laughs) to talk to. They really are. So I just love what I do.
0: (laughs) I talked with an animal. I did an assessment and they wanted to know why she didn't want her nails clipped. And she gave me FOMO, the fear of missing out. That's what she told me.
2: It's amazing what they pick up from our human world. Exactly. They're so intuitive and so intelligent. But, yes, they certainly pick up on us because they're so sensitive to vibrational frequencies. So as soon as we get ill, our vibrational frequency drops, mm-hmm. and they're often aware of that before we're conscious of it. So they'll instinctively start being more affectionate and more attentive because they want us to get well as soon as possible yeah. uh, where mm-hmm. their world So they do have a vested interest in keeping us as healthy as possible. But Mm. one of the fascinating things I've discovered talking with animals is that sometimes they take on our health symptoms for us. So even though we haven't asked them to do that, They want to be of service to us and they want to help us. So they take our symptoms on. So Mm. my beautiful boy who's on the front of my book cover, just before I went on a writer's retreat to write my two books, I got a chest infection and I was really sick. A couple of days later, he's got a chest infection. Mm. and He can't catch it from me. He's an indoor cat. The other cats were all fine, hadn't been anywhere to catch it. So he'd taken that on to help me get as well as possible before I went because he knew how important it was to write the books. He hadn't factored in that I'd had to take him to the vet every day and leave him there for the day to get his temperature monitored. Uh, But fortunately, (laughs) he got better before I went and I got better before I went, so it all worked. But it's just something they love doing. And it's interesting because when you work out that that's what they're doing and you ask them to stop, they want to know whether you really mean that. One of my girls took on something for me and I said I would be much less stressed and much happier if you stopped doing that. And she said, are you sure? So they're mm. that committed to helping us that they just want to do whatever they can. Mm.
1: So it's a conscious choice that they do it. It's not just something that happens.
2: Yep. No, no, no. They they deliberately want to do it to mm. help. And so I spoke with a dog recently and the mum knew that she was in pain with the way that she was walking, but no one could diagnose anything. And mm-hmm. I'm actually a clear sentient. So I can actually ask them to let me feel what they're feeling on a physical level and an emotional mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. She's experiencing up to nine out of 10 intensity pain in her hip. Oh, my She's goodness. got nothing wrong with her hip it's all been scanned she's had blood tests everything there's nothing wrong her mum has chronic pain Mm. she's taking on that to help her mum
0: animals give themselves a job Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. so from the conversations I've had with them they're a soul that's come to earth in an animal body and we're souls that have come to earth in a human body all of us have life purpose a soul mission and we also have life lessons to master so Mm -hmm. sometimes they've come to us so that we can help them with their lessons and sometimes they've come to us to help us with our lessons Mm. but in addition to their soul lessons they also take on specific roles so some of them are guardians and they take their duty protecting us extremely diligently I've got one lady with a cat and another lady with a dog and both of the animals growl if they don't like the vibes of anyone who turns up at the front door. Mm. So they want to protect their humans and they don't want anyone coming into the house with the wrong kind of energy. Mm. So some of them, yes, are here to protect us. Some of them are here to teach us. And so once we can start communicating with them, then they can teach us what they're here to teach us. And some Mm. of them are healers and they can help with their healing work. So, again, it's fascinating finding out what they're here to do to help us. Mm. What
1: about animals that are... Like you said, you visit some in the zoo, but those that are on the farms and are being used as food animals and whatnot, and that, what role would you say that they're playing? Because I think in a lot of cases, they're not being given an opportunity to teach us, but I don't know if they learned something from those humans that they're involved with or not.
2: Yeah, look, I think there's some very emotional issues with animals being used as a food source. Mm -hmm. And I have actually spoken with a number of animals about this very issue just to find out what they thought. Mm -hmm. And some of them feel that it is a way of serving us, even though some people might find that hard to understand and appreciate that they understand Mm -hmm. that they're giving us nutrition, which is very selfless of them to do that. Some animals aren't keen on their younger animals being used as food. They'd prefer it's the older animals rather than the young ones. They want them to Mm -hmm. be able to grow up. Um, I've spoken with fish and they don't like the pain of hooks. Mm. Uh, So that was an interesting perspective. They can feel that. They've got the emotion and the senses to be able to feel that. So it was eye-opening having a conversation with them, just what they felt mm-hmm. about mm. doing that. So I don't know. Sometimes they have different lessons to learn when they come to earth as well. So the mm-hmm. same with animals who have been abused or rescued that, you know, they've gone through a traumatic experience first and I'm just in awe of them when they can trust another human to look mm. after them and give them the love and affection and security that they didn't get to experience the first time. Around. So mm-hmm. they've all got different things to learn when they come here, and obviously, how we interact with them really affects them as well. So They love us having a conversation with them. So for everyone who's listening, Mm -hmm. please talk to your animal as though you understand everything they're saying back to you because they just Mm -hmm. love it when we Mm -hmm. have a conversation knowing that they understand and they do. They understand every word we say because they have free will. They choose whether they want to obey our requests or not. (laughs) Um, And it just totally changes the relationship. I've spoken to someone. I didn't have a conversation with her animals at all. I just said, just try talking to them, knowing that they understand what you say. And she did. And she was just amazed how much Mm. it changed the interaction and the bond with them. So they just love knowing that. They just love being involved in our lives, knowing what we're doing. So particularly for those of you with animals who get separation anxiety or might get a bit destructive if you leave the house for a while, if you let them know what you're doing, then that will make a difference for them. So if you can say, I'm going shopping, I'm going to buy dog food and dog treats and I'll be back in an hour, they understand that and that Mm. will help calm them down. Mm-hmm. And similarly, if you're going away for a couple of days, you can let them know, "Look, I'm going away, I'll be away for two sleeps. This person will be coming and looking after you, and then I'll be home. And again, that calms them down. So the more mm-hmm. you tell them about what's going on, the more it helps relax them, and that they just love it. I'm mm-hmm.
0: so happy that you said that because I say that <laughs> probably every week um, <laughs> that you should have conversations with your animals, and as silly as you may feel, just know that they understand what you're saying. Yep. No matter mm-hmm. what it is. Have yep. a conversation with your animal. Yep. And I bring up free will all of the time. So yeah, you're talking my language. So I'm really happy that <laughs> I'm you. talking
2: their language <laughs> as well. And, and, yeah. and that's truly yeah. really what they love. And like, you know, they just thank me for having a conversation with them. They love the opportunity to pass on messages to their humans. Uh, and particularly for the animals in spirit, often I'm the first person who's ever spoken with them. And so that's their first opportunity to say thank you to their humans for looking after them. And they go through a grief process too. So having a conversation with an animal in spirit helps the grief process, both for the humans and for the animals. And it just helps lift a lot of remorse or guilt for the humans who might think, you know, should I have picked up something else earlier or known that something was wrong? And would I have been able to extend quality of life for? them if i'd known that and the animals can just let us know so particularly if the humans weren't with the animal when they passed away or if they don't know why then i can ask the animal and find out so one dog i spoke with had actually passed away with a blood clot so it was Mm. just something entirely random and the family had just been carrying all of these emotions for years thinking that you know it was their fault the dog Mm. held no grudges he knew it wasn't their fault And that just gave them so much peace then knowing that he was quite okay about it. And that was the other thing that animals have taught me is that the soul endures. So we can still keep contacting them long after they've passed away. So I've spoken with a dog who passed over more than 20 years ago. So we Mm. can contact them and knowing that the soul endures just brings a lot of peace as well. So yes, we mourn the physical presence of the one who's gone, but we can still connect with them. And then, of course, there's all the exciting bits about how they can come back and visit us on an energetic level. Yep. So, and I don't understand how they do it, but they can put on a temporary physical body to come back and visit us. And so I've had a number of clients who have seen their animals running up and down the corridor and like they don't own a physical body anymore, but somehow they can put one on so that we recognize them when they come back, or they can vocalize. So I've heard one of my girl cats meowing when she used to come back and visit. Yeah. I've had people feeling their cats. Tails rubbing around their legs or a paw patting them. I've had people having their dog jump on the bed. One lady, her dog jumped on the bed with such force he knocked two pillows off the bed. So <laughs> they do what they can to let us know that they're there. I've got another lady whose dog comes through her doggy door and nearly gives her a heart attack because she hears the door going bang, 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 bang. And there's nobody that she can see, <laughs> But it's her dog coming back to visit. And I've got a lady with a cat and the cat sits up behind the blinds in her bedroom and wobbles the blinds which is what she used to do when she was alive so she's letting her mum know Mm -hmm. so they do try and let us know when they're back because it helps confirm that their soul is continuing but also the fact that they want to stay close to us and that bond that we have with them is just there for life it's eternal Mm -hmm. yeah
1: how many or I don't know if you know how many but do you think that many of the souls of the animals do come back into another physical body? Or do you think a lot of them stay just in the soul form?
2: And that's something that I knew nothing about when I started this journey, (laughs) uh, until one of my cats let me experience it. So she was perfectly healthy, no problems. And she suddenly passed away without mourning. And it was such a huge shock. And I thought, You know, what's going on? And because she was one of my animal communication teachers and I'd never had an animal pass away that I'd been talking to before, I didn't know how long I'd have to wait to be able to connect with her on the other side. But fortunately, she was able to speak to me that day. And I said, what did you do that for? And she said, oh, I needed a new body in a tone like that. Like, isn't that what everybody does? And then she said, don't be so (laughs) sentimental. I'm coming back. And I thought, what? And my boy cats weren't in the least bit worried. They weren't moping. They weren't off their food. And they said, oh, it's just a temporary reprieve before she's back to boss us around again. So they knew exactly (laughs) what was going on. And I just had to wait. But she came back and visited energetically and she'd meow so I'd know she was there and the boys would know she was there. So for people listening, if your animal just suddenly stares at the wall into space and there's nothing there and they're not threatened they're probably seeing one of your souls in spirit that's coming to visit and then she came back she told me what she was going to look like and she came back very similar mannerisms and it's so funny when they come back because they know everything in the house they know where everything is Mm. they know the other animals they know the humans and it's just as though they've been away for a short trip having a full body makeover and they're back (laughs) they just changed
0: the pants yeah (laughs) (laughs)
2: All right. <laughs> <laughs> This has happened so many times now with clients as well and it seems to be that when it's an animal's destiny to come back and not all of them do but a lot do, they know before they pass away or after they've passed away when there's a body for them to come back into and then they Mm -hmm. can tell me what breed they're going to be, what gender they're going to be. Often they have to swap and often they're not keen on coming back as the opposite sex but because that's the body that's available and they want to come back to their humans, they do that. And then they can tell me what colour pack they're going to be so the humans can look for them so there's a lovely movie called a dog's purpose with Dennis Quaid in it which just depicts what I experience on a regular basis with my clients that the animals mm. just found a way to come back to their humans so I've just had a conversation recently with a dog in spirit who's about to come back in the fourth body to be with wow. his mum so four mm. lifetimes in a row with his mum. I've got four people I know where the same animal soul has been in three successive bodies with their family. Now, mm. to answer your question to Miranda, I've also discovered that sometimes the soul that comes back in an animal may be a human that we've known mm. and it may be... Some of our animals have had human lifetimes with us in previous lives, or they may have had animal lifetimes with us in previous lives or both. And again, I knew nothing about this till my animals started telling me about it. So one of my cats was actually with me in the Great Pyramids in ancient Egypt thousands of years ago (laughs) as a cat. And he's actually shown me little video snippets in my head of what he looked like and us in the pyramid. And our lives have been interweaving for thousands of years. So, again, all of this stuff about souls is just new. And I've had years now to adjust my paradigm (laughs) of thinking about what really happens with souls and what happens with life after life, as I call it now, not life after death. It's life after life. Mm. So finding out soul connections is really interesting for people who are grieving because often they just feel devastated by the loss and they can't explain why they had such Mm -hmm. a strong connection with their animal. So when we delve into it and find out that they've had multiple lifetimes together or they've been together as humans before, it just explains why that Mm -hmm. bond is so strong and the animals well.
0: My spike is like that. He passed away in 2016 and it was devastating to me. He was my soulmate. He was, we meditated together. There was something very different. And after he passed and I was still trying to deal with it, And I knew he was my soulmate. I knew we had crossed paths several times. I did a regression of sorts and found out that we were also in Egypt, but we were both cats. And we even have further than earthly relationships that go back. Every once in a while, I think he comes in and pops into my cat now, Maisie, because something shows up and she has some traits of him. So maybe he is in there somewhere. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, it's very interesting when you start thinking about that whole life after life thing and how connected we are on a soul level and how that all works. I mean, it sounds like you're talking crazy stuff, but it's not. It's just physics. It's just how things are. And I'm glad that we're able to have this platform to bring people like yourself onto the platform to help spread that message, to let people know, because I think it gives a lot of closure and a lot of ease in people's lives because we as humans, we attach so desperately to our animals in so many ways because they do so much for us Mm -hmm. that when they hear these things of them transitioning, it's just like them changing their pants. And, you know, if they want to come back, they can come back that does give a lot of comfort to a lot of people.
2: Yep. And I think that's what I've had with a lot of conversations with people as well. You know, they think they're crazy when they say they've heard their cat or seen it or felt it and they've got no one to talk to. And so when I just start talking about it, it just makes them feel, (laughs) oh, I'm not crazy after all. (laughs) Uh, And it's just giving that confirmation and validation of what they've been experiencing. And I think now with more people being spiritually awake and aware and sensitive to things, that they are more open to hearing about this. And as I said I knew nothing about animal soul reincarnation till my cat let me experience it and if someone had told me about that earlier I would have thought you know what? <laughs> but interestingly I've always been intrigued with ancient Egypt and they all knew all about soul reincarnation so very advanced civilization mm-hmm. and I was getting absolute confirmation what you were saying about your previous lifetimes as well so mm, yeah cool. yeah
1: yeah I think you know so many people have an extreme amount of fear around death. And I think if more people can understand that it's a process of transition, it's not an end, it's, you know, animals, I think, can feel some fear just prior to the transition if they don't really understand what's happening, possibly. I don't know enough about that. But but yeah, I, I think that if people understood that it's not an end and they're not necessarily going to lose their animal forever, I heard somebody else say that they can invite like be
2: open to having their animal come back to them and that's one of the things i talk about that we can ask our animals to come back and visit us on an energetic level because they Mm -hmm. hear us still on the other side so we can still keep talking out loud to them and we're not going crazy they'll hear us so we can say you know it will be lovely if you can come back and then if they can they can Um, Mm -hmm. we can also ask them to appear in meditations or in dreams And that way you can actually see them, you can hear them, you can feel them when you pick them up. And it's really real, like you're not just dreaming, you'll physically feel them when you pick that up. And that's Mm -hmm. really comforting to experience as well. And we can also ask if they're going to reincarnate. Now, unfortunately, it's not every animal's destiny to do that. Mm -hmm. They certainly want to come back if they can. And I think Mm -hmm. you're quite right, Miranda, with changing our views about what happens with death. And for me now, with all of these conversations, the soul just has lifetime after lifetime. So yes, it's the end of that lifetime, but then it's getting them ready for their next lifetime, whether they come back as a human or an animal. So the soul endures, and that love relationship that we have with them endures as well.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. I just love that whole concept. And you know, but the more you delve into topics like this, just on personal level, it just opens the doors to so many things and it expands you and it really helps you realize Mm -hmm. that Everything that we experience, no matter how negative you feel it is, it is all beautiful. It's just the way we chose it to be. It's kind of a weird concept to say, but it just to me, it just it's just beautiful. The whole process is just beautiful.
2: I think a lot of these things are learning opportunities, and that that's what mm-hmm. I've had to embrace on my spiritual awakening journey. That you know, it sounds really weird that you can talk to animals. It sounds weird that you can talk to animals and humans in. Spirit, it sounds weird that they can come back again. But that's just what I experience on a daily basis. And when you were saying about your soul coming and visiting a current animal, that's something that I've started experiencing recently as well, which I had no knowledge of. So the animals can negotiate to swap souls with each other. So when I got my red cat who's on the front of my book, I thought he might have been one of my other animals in spirit. And I asked him and he said, Oh no, but I know who he is. Would you like His soul to swap into my body. Mm. And I thought, wow, what a humble cat and how generous to offer to do that. And I said, Mm -hmm. oh, I think I'd like to meet you. So he's come in his body. But I've actually got a few other people now who have experienced soul swapping in and out of an animal and that's just something that they can arrange to do and some of the animals who come back negotiate to swap so I've spoken to a cat recently who's just about to come back and at the time her soul hadn't gone into the new animal yet she was waiting for her mum to find the kitten and then she swapped her soul in so it seems to be something that they can negotiate. I've got another lady who didn't find her cat when she was supposed to reincarnate so the cat has now worked out a solution and she comes and swaps souls with the neighbour's cat and so periodically she'll just come and swap into the neighbour's cat walk into her house as though she's home thank you sleep in her favourite places get hugs with mum and when she's had her visit she goes outside swaps souls back with the neighbour's cat she goes back to the other side the neighbour's cat goes back home and when she's ready to come back for a visit they do it again and that sounds totally hmm. bizarre having a living animal letting their soul swap out and another animal soul swap in but I've had that experience now a few times so again it's just keeping an open mind to all this stuff that just sounds mm-hmm. so out there and weird but it's a part of reality
1: yeah well you know I think that's something you uh, really teaches us that our souls and bodies are very separate. Like As humans, we become very attached to our personality, to our labels and everything like that, that that is who we are. But that is just basically the conditioning and the whatever else that we sort of take on as we go through society and that gets put on us and we end up accepting it as that is who we are. So I think that our animals, from what you've been sharing, that this shows us that that is just all labels and attachments it's not who they actually
2: are and I think that's quite right you know the soul is the constant and Mm -hmm. yes we have a body and you know some people refer to it as our temple and that we exist as a soul in our temple but it's a physical body just to transport us from A to B to C whether that's an animal body or whether it's the human body but it's the soul it's the key concept inside and once we wake up and find out what we're here to do and our Soul lessons. That's the really important thing. It doesn't matter what we look like on the outside, whether we're furry <laughs> or scaly or we've got skin. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, it, it's what we do once we know what we're here for and our soul purpose. And that's an interesting journey because, you know, a lot of people think, you know, we just get born, we live and we pass over. But there's so much more to life. And when we really know why we're here and we start mm-hmm. making a difference working on our life purpose, then again, the whole world changes. So, yeah. and animals are just mm-hmm. such pure souls. Like they just totally get it. They say it how it is. Mm-hmm. They hold a lot of wisdom for us to share as well. And I just feel it's my duty since I can hear what they want to say that I can share their messages and be their voice and get their messages out to the world. And that's part of my mission is to raise global awareness of the importance of animals. So I want people to know that they've got souls, that they feel emotions just like we do, that they're highly mm-hmm. intelligent, that they understand everything that We say, and that there's no coincidence that they're with us. There is a reason that animals are in our lives.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that that's part of what you share in your first book, The Bridge to Animal Consciousness. And what else does that? Well, I mean, I don't want you to give away everything in your book, but uh like.
2: (laughs) Um, That was. Something that I felt was a key part of my life purpose was to write that book and to get the messages out so that I can get messages to more people around the world. And so I talk about the importance of animals, their soul journeys why they're here mm-hmm. how we can welcome a new animal to our household and then what happens when we have to say goodbye to them mm-hmm. uh, I also talk about the benefits of animal communication so it's not a book on how to be an animal communicator but certainly for people to understand why it's so important that we can have a conversation and find out what's going on that helps uh, I also talk about some of my conversations with animals in zoos and in the wild and I interviewed a number of animals in the wild just to tell their stories in their words because a lot of people don't understand some of the issues that they're facing and mm-hmm. so it was a way of sharing their reality in their words. I've also had the privilege of speaking with Cecil the lion so I'll share some of his words of wisdom and Sudan who was one of the last white rhinos who passed away a few years ago uh, I spoke with him before and after he passed away mm-hmm. so he's got some very inspiring messages for us to help with animal conservation as well. And then I talk about some opportunities that everyone can do to help animals from visiting animals, supporting conservation funds, all sorts of things, exposing our children Mm -hmm. to animals at an early age. So they learn how to respect them and we can all talk to animals when we're children and I don't know whether you've ever watched but often small kids will squat right down next to the animal and tell you exactly what the animal said Mm. and most humans think oh yes very nice dear and not understand that they're actually telling Mm. the truth so they can do it and then something happens as we grow up and we somehow close off that communication channel but we can open it again and then it would just change our lives and change our animals lives when we can actually hear their voices in our heads and they can tell Mm. us what They want when they want to.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but I think when we turn it off, it's because we are listening to the people around us who don't believe. Mm -hmm. And so, in a way of I guess, preservation or survival, we shut that off. So people see us as like them, Mm -hmm. you know, it's more of a way to feel more a part of the tribe. I'm going to shut this off so I can be part of my family tribe Mm -hmm. and not be different. Yeah. 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 Preservation. You know, I think it's a shame and I'm happy to see that some of the children that are coming into the world now, they don't do that. They're maintaining their connection And whether it's the planet shifting or just consciousness shifting, I'm just really happy to see that. You still have those out there that still turn it off, but there's a a wave of people who are not turning it off.
2: Yeah, And I think there's just so much more acceptance now of spirituality. Like when I first Mm -hmm. woke up, I didn't know I was waking up. I didn't know you could wake up and I had no Mm -hmm. idea what was going on. I had clairvoyant powers switch on. And so I'd be having a conversation with someone like you and I'd see into your past and see into your future and think you know what is this and what am I supposed to do with it so I spoke to some people about it and they said oh no don't dabble in that so I listened to them and I stopped for years and then I had an opportunity to go to some spiritual development classes and everything just switched back on again and a whole lot mm, of nice. more things as well so I think things just happen for a reason when they're supposed to but being open to the fact that weird stuff happens around you that you have no concept of but it is real Mm -hmm. and the more you get exposed to it then the more sense things start to make and that's why I write my second book about evolving hearts and souls the guide to spiritual awakening just to help demystify some of the really weird stuff that happens so that you don't think you're crazy so people think Mm -hmm. I'm crazy talking to animals but when you experience some of the crazy things when you wake up it can be quite uh, lonely because you feel as though no one really understands what you're going through. So Mm -hmm. yeah, having an open mind and open heart, you just learn so much. And I think your whole experience on earth is so enhanced when you embrace all of these things that there is no rational explanation for.
0: We just shut everything off, but our default is being intuitive. Our default is being able to understand our animals and play in this Supposed mystical world, but that's just normal. And we just have turned it all off.
1: Mm. Your second book, it sounded like from what you were saying, maybe that that's something people could read that would help them
2: to open up to start to be able to communicate with their animals. It looked two different things that the animal book, I've had people have their animal communication channel reactivate from reading the book. So it is quite potent to be able to do that, even though it's not Mm -hmm. a book about how to do it. It has that effect oh, wow. the spiritual awakening book similarly has activated people so it's helped switch gifts on for them mm-hmm. uh, and have a, a stronger awareness of the spiritual being and spiritual purpose mm-hmm. so both of the books activate people in different ways so the spiritual awakening book i just wrote lots of different chapters so i've talked about um the energetic body and chakras meditation spirit guides energetic healing crystals which i love for Mm -hmm. supporting healing for humans and animals so lots of different things people can read the chapters in any order Mm -hmm. but i've had a few people have really significant experiences from reading both books so yeah Mm -hmm. that's again part of my life purpose in getting my messages out there and making a difference Mm -hmm. because that's what i'm here on the planet to do yeah looks like two more books are coming into my library (laughs) (laughs) They're available on Amazon as paperbacks and eBooks. For any listeners in Australia, I offer to do a dedication in the book from your animal so people can send me a photograph of their animal and I will connect with them and write a personal dedication in the book for them and post them the book so they don't need to buy from Amazon. For people not in Australia, I'm still happy to get that dedication for you. So you can contact me, email me a photo of your animal and I'll get the dedication, I'll write it for you send it to you in an email and then you can write it in your own book and I think it's lovely having a dedication from your animal particularly if it's an animal Mm. in spirit because that's just really a beautiful heartfelt message from them to you and I'm happy to do that Mm.
0: that's amazing yeah if I was to have that I'd have so many animals knocking (laughs) on your door because I've lost so many over the
2: last 12 years (laughs) I have to ask and see who puts their paw up first I know
0: (laughs) I tend to get a lot of animals that have illnesses that I help them through and and carry them until they, uh, you know, decide to transition. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I have like a long list of animals that I've had.
1: (laughs) I was looking at the programs that you offer You've got quite a few different programs that maybe you might want to talk about a little bit, but I was particularly curious about the animal zenning program that you are in the process of
2: creating. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So my animal communication sessions are an animal conversation, so a conversation with an animal who's living, or an animal mediumship session, so a conversation with an animal in spirit. And I can also do a combination, so if you've got an animal who's living and an animal in spirit, yeah. Them a couple of things I'm happy to do a combination session as well but you get to ask six questions and then I ask a bonus question of what else your animal would like you to know in case what they're bursting to tell you hasn't been covered by your questions and mm-hmm. I connect with animals through photographs so I just need a photograph of your animal with their name so I can introduce myself and I need to see their face with their eyes open and then I ask the questions and I type up a report and I email that back and then have a zoomed debrief session so I can go through the answers and also try and describe what their voice sounded like in my head because I get to hear them so that's lovely being able to pass on my messages about that and then I have three programs so the animal mediumship program is where I work with bereaved animal parents for up to three months to help move through the grief process and get to peace of mind So that will include a couple of mediumship conversations. So answering the questions that the humans have, but also delving at a lot deeper level into why the animal was with them, what their sole purpose was, what their soul lessons were, have they had past lives together, and if so, more information about them and future lives as well. That will also include a distance healing session and heart healing and I'll do a guided meditation so that they can meet their animal and have an experience with them during the meditation the animal zenning program I've set up particularly for animals with behavior issues so they may have been a rescue or shelter animal that's still dealing with trauma on a physical or emotional level And so that will involve doing healing sessions with the animal and having some conversations just to find out what they're still dealing with and how their humans can best support them. Interestingly, the animals often have good ideas about what they need to help them heal Mm -hmm. and particularly if it's specific kind of practitioners that they want to work with to help them heal as well. Mm -hmm. So that's that program. And then I've just launched my animal communication mentorship program. So I'm going to be working with people one-on-one for up to three months to help them master animal communication so that they can talk with their own animals. So that will include a video series that they can watch just as the foundation of animal communication. And then I'll do the one-on-one Zoom sessions with them. I'll also have to communicate with their animals and make sure that they're happy to be on board and work with them uh, (laughs) because you need to have someone to talk to, Mm. get answers to your questions and practice sending the messages and the video messages as well. So a lot of that information is available on my website, which is www.cosmicheartintuitive.com.au or you can email me at chintuitive. At bigpond.com, and I can send you brochures about the different programs and answer any questions. I'm also happy to hop on a complimentary Zoom chat with people just to talk about their animals and find out how I can support them and their animals. Mm -hmm. That's nice. We'll
1: definitely put your links in the show notes. And if they did want to book a complimentary call with you, is the booking link on your website as well?
2: Just email me, and then I can contact mm -hmm. them and work out a time because with time zones, it's quite different. With Australia and the rest of the world. So it's right. You just have to work out a time that suits people. So I'm happy to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys are in the future <laughs>
1: <laughs> from us.
2: That's a lovely way of putting it.
1: <laughs> I wanted to jump back for a second on because you were talking about how if we just talk to them verbally using human words and that, that they understand what we're saying.
2: Does it work the same way if we're thinking? that and not talking out loud to them? When I do the telepathic communication, I go through a spiritual grounding and connection process. And then I've just got their voices in my head. So I'm not saying anything out loud. And I'm definitely talking with them. Um, Mm I'm just trying to think if I think about something. Usually they just appear like if I ask them a question or invite them to come to wherever I am with my animals, then they will come. They will hear me saying that. I haven't been conscious of them tuning into my thoughts, Mm -hmm. but I know they're very sensitive just to wellness and our emotional state as well. So they will pick up on that without me saying anything.
1: Mm -hmm. The reason I was asking about that is because I was kind of attempting to think my thoughts to my mom's dog. Because of where she is at, she would have thought I was really strange if I was saying what I was thinking my mom's dog was going through some illness. And so I was trying to sort of think some thoughts to her and stuff. And I had no idea whether or not she was interpreting any of that or not. So that's why I was curious.
2: Yep. So I think if you're tuning into them, and it's your intent to get a message to them, then Mm -hmm. they would be aware of that frequency of the message coming through and it's the same talking to animals in spirit like they're not physically here but they can hear Mm -hmm. the message when I talk to them and I'm not saying anything out loud it's that internal dialogue with the telepathic communication so but when you hear them talking to you you definitely hear their voice in your head and it is Mm -hmm. such an amazing experience because you know it's not your voice, where you have your own internal dialogue, you can hear these different voices. So when you hear them for the first time, it's just so special. And then you just get used to hearing the different voices, males and females, different tones, Mm -hmm. accents, uh, all sorts of things. But yes, you can hear them when they're smiling and you can hear them when they're laughing. And they tease you. Like one of my cats used to tell me that she'd done a hairball in the house. And I said, have you really? And she'd just say, wait and see. And she hadn't. So, you know, they're just so funny with what they do or they remind you, you know, you've got to go and get cat food on the way home. It's just very handy for them being able to talk to you and tell you messages when they want to. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I've heard stories of uh, people who have awakened to the skill of communicating with animals and they go, wait, you can understand me? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you know the animals are like, hey, how'd that work? (laughs) And then all of a sudden, like the whole world opens up. To this incredible communication you could have with your animals. Because yeah. I think just animals are used to humans not listening to them because, you know, we have to be intentional. We have to be open. We have to get out of our own way in order for us to hear these things. And I think animals just get used to us humans just blocking them out all the time. So when you actually open up and you can start hearing them talk, I think it just like floors them for a little bit, but then they get really excited. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I think, you know, they're. Trying to talk with us all the time, and so they've got to use vocalizations or look a way they look at us with their eyes, imploring us to get the message. Or body language, or even changes in behaviour, to try and let us know that they're trying to give us a message. So, yes, when I first worked out that my girl teacher cat was here to teach me, I said, "Oh, you're here to teach me. What do you want to teach me?" And she said, "About time. <laughs> like she'd been waiting for me to get the message that that was what she was here for." And then she started teaching me. But it was just so funny the attitude that, like, you know, it took you long enough to wake up. Now we've got to work that <laughs> time to get it done. <laughs>
1: animals are funny (laughs) one of the questions I wanted to ask is what do you think animals want us to understand the most or is there like limited to one thing
2: (laughs) no no no. there's sort of normally a few key messages that they want their human parents to know and so the first one is the fact that they do understand everything that we say and they want us to understand that and have the conversations with them They're also very sensitive to the vibration of words. So every word we say carries a vibration. So if we talk about negative things in their presence or call them a negative name or a negative nickname, that can Mm -hmm. affect them emotionally and psychologically. So I really encourage people to have positive names and nicknames. I had Mm -hmm. to speak with a cat who lived in a Star Wars fan house and he was Mm -hmm. called Phantom Menace. So he got called Menace. He hated being called Menace. Venice. he mm. called Harry and as soon as they changed and started calling him Harry he responded straight away because it was a name that he'd picked so I have spoken with a few animals who don't like their names for a variety of reasons and they've already selected in their mind what they want to be called thank you and they tell me and then the parents match their name and they respond as though that's what they've always been called so what we say around them is really important and we've already talked about the fact that they're very sensitive to our health status and our emotional mm-hmm. well-being as well. So they will try and support us through that. And the fact that they're not with us by coincidence, that there's a definite reason that they're with us. And finding that out really helps deepen the relationship as well.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: But the main thing with love is just that conversation, knowing what's happening in our world Mm -hmm. and including them. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I always say that when we are looking for an animal, the universe conspires and the animals choose us it doesn't matter how you get them, whether it's you pick up a stray from the the street or you go to an animal rescue or your shelter or even a breeder, that animal has chosen you.
2: Mm. And that's what I'm discovering more and more that because there are these soul ties with the animals, they will know like if someone's had a rescue animal and they pass away, that animal knows it needs to come back as a rescue animal so its family will find it. And so they will negotiate to get into a rescue animal body to go back to their human So they just know. I had another lady whose cat was about to pass away and she wanted to get a blue-coloured kitten in that breed. And so she actually had a laptop up showing all these blue kittens to her cat so he would know what she wanted him to come back as. And he has, (laughs) but it's hilarious because now that he's come back and we know it's definitely him, he's now changing colour and going back to what he used to be. So (laughs) he listened to what mum wanted, but he knew what he wanted to do. That is so funny. Both <laughs> so yeah, they're just so ingenious the way they do it. Another lady was supposed to be getting her boy cat back again he told us he was going to reincarnate and she was just so concerned about looking for him because she just thought that she'd adopt every cat that she saw and she was very afraid of missing out and not getting him so she said if he wants to come back he's going to have to come back to me and I thought oh that's going to put him under a bit of pressure like if he's at a breeder somewhere how's he going to break out and get back to her anyway she sent me a message a couple of months ago saying you won't believe it he's just walked down the street looks Identical, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. he's found that's awesome. Where there's a will, there's a way, and you know, when they're meant to be back with us, they find a way to come back to us. It's Mm. phenomenal, yeah. I
1: kind of wonder, I brought this up to I think I talked to you, Victoria, about this a little bit ago. But I had a cat when I was growing up, but. When we went to the Humane Society to choose a cat, I felt drawn to the older cats from what I remember. And my mom wanted to get a kitten. So we did end up getting a kitten. And I kind of wonder if that was how it was meant to be, if the cat that we did end up bringing home was actually the one that was meant to come with us? Or maybe there was more than one and maybe that cat was more for my mom
2: or something. I don't know. (laughs) I think on an energetic level, you you will have recognition with a soul that you've had an experience with before. And that might be why you've been drawn to that older animal. But Mm. if they don't get picked by you, then what I've discovered is that they can choose to swap souls with another animal. So if the soul that you were meant to be with was in the older animal and your Mm. mum picked a younger animal, then the older animal's soul can swap into the younger animal so that they can come home with you. And the animals Mm. just seem to be really open to swapping and to helping their fellow animals be with who they're meant to be with. So Mm. I had an experience with someone who took their son to a pet shop and they weren't looking to get another pet and the little boy said, we have to take this cat home and they weren't looking to get another cat but he was so insistent that Mm. they took the cat home and I was having a conversation with the mum about the cat and then I just suddenly got the message that this has been a human. They know who the cat is. It's been a human with them before and so they had to work through a number of different names and I wasn't getting anything resonating with me and then they said another name and I said, yes, that's who it is and it turned out that the soul in this cat is her first son who passed away prematurely
0: oh oh, wow
2: i just got chills yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so he's (laughs) come back in a cat body to be with his mum and his brother never met him he passed away before his the second boy was born but on a soul level that little boy in the shop knew there was something important about the cat and they had to bring the cat home and how smart of the soul of the little boy to be in that cat. So he's now back with his mum and also mm. with his brother who he'd never met. And that's, that's amazing. Unraveling of that relationship, working out what's was going on. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just fascinating how they can come back to us when we're not expecting that.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope Frankie comes back to my husband because my husband really was upset when Frankie left. He passed away of leukemia last September. So it was a quick one. So he needed a new body, I guess.
2: Mm -hmm. And that's sometimes what they do as well. Like they can hang around as long as they can. And that's what some of them have said to me. Look, I just couldn't stay in my body anymore. And sometimes I've just had a conversation with another animal recently when I had a first conversation. The mum didn't want to know whether he was coming back or not. That wasn't a question that he asked and he didn't say anything. But I had to talk to him recently to do a dedication for a book. And the first word he said to me was, why Marina? So he knows now that he's got a body to come back into. And he's coming back to his mum's. That was an absolutely wonderful conversation to say, Mm. I've got some exciting news for you. (laughs) She's just. (laughs) he's coming back and she was just so excited she didn't know whether to laugh or cry or what to do but (laughs) yeah yeah, he's found a body so we've now just got to find out whether he's going to be male or female and and how soon he's coming home but that just gives so much hope to people during the grief process because yes you're mourning the, the loss of the one who's passed on but then there's this huge sense of excitement and anticipation about having them back again and seeing what you recognize and you have a second relationship with them and just have that whole love yeah. bond all over again it's just so special
0: mm-hmm. yeah i have a feeling that a lot of my animals that have recently passed away they were not meant to come back again to me like i was there to do what i needed to do for that and learn the lesson i needed to learn and even though they loved me and they would come in and visit every once in a while but that was it, I was the, their human for that time and that's all they needed. Mm. So, and I'm okay with that. If I'm the person that they needed, to do what they needed to go through or teach me what I needed to learn, I'm totally okay with that. I don't need them to come back if they don't want to come back or if they're ready to go and move on to another body, another life, and
2: I'm, I'm pretty cool with yeah, that. it's not that they don't want to come back; it's whether it's their destiny to come back to you. Yeah, and yeah. If, you know, if it's their destiny to come back, they will. And yes, you know, they will have come to you for a reason. So whether it was for you to nurture them for the lifetime that they had left and to be able to give them the love and support that they needed before they transitioned that may well have been why they came to you but if they're meant to come back to you they'll work out a way to do it yeah. mm. all right I, You hear that Kat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not all at once <laughs> cats banging at the door to come in (laughs) i know well
0: they have to be extra extra careful unless they want to have feline leukemia virus because my cat that i have now has got the feline leukemia virus she's healthy Mm -hmm. but she still carries the virus Mm so
2: it's all about timing and people Mm -hmm. ready to do it too like you know Some people have had animals that have passed away years ago and they've had to wait until they feel as though they're humans are ready to have them back again.
0: Yeah, And then they come
2: back and it's just so beautiful to, you know, they've healed from that loss, but they get to love them all over again. So, Mm. yeah. And time is different on the other side anyway. So
0: it could be a splash in the pan for
1: them. (laughs) Yeah. I've come to believe that the cat that I had when I was growing up that she led me to do what I'm doing now, which is the education. And I didn't know that for the longest time. It's only in the last couple of years that that has really resonated with me and i have not had any pets since her i have not had any pets as an adult so i don't know if she would have tried to come back to me or not if i had i just didn't have the kind of lifestyle that was conducive to having pet but yeah it'd be interesting if i decide later on that i'm in a better place better able to look after an animal if she will decide to come back
2: yeah she'll know when you're ready i just know so, and they're just watching from the other side and they do come and do the energetic visits as well. But yes, mm-hmm. they know that you have to go through a healing process and they know you've got to be ready. I've got another lady whose dog passed away and he told us that he was going to come back as a Labrador. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, when she got her condolence card from the vet, it was a picture of a Labrador. They had mm-hmm. no, idea, oh. but you know, that was just the universe confirming and she's not in a situation where she's able to have him yet so mm. he will just wait until the situation is right and then they'll find each other again so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just amazing
0: I get like all warm and fuzzy on the inside when we have conversations like this <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just think it's you know losing an animal I keep saying is one of the hardest things that we do and so when I can find out that they're coming back again that's one of my favorite part of the work that I do because I know how much yeah. joy it's going to bring to the family to have the animal back with them again and just being able to hold them in your arms again the first time. And that's a question I get asked to tell animals a lot. Like, do you know how much I just want to hug you one more time? And yes, the animals totally understand it. They get it. They feel the grief too. So yeah, they just love having that connection and being as mm-hmm. close as they can to their humans. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't really have any more questions. I just was having the thought that That's one of the reasons why the animals probably really want us to be able to communicate with them is due to the fact that many humans try to understand them on a human level. So I think the word that they use is anthropomorphize or something like that. (laughs) But yeah, like we put on our human emotions on them and probably confuse a lot of things and just don't fully understand what is going on because we just don't have the ability at this point to be able to understand them on a cat level, a dog level, a bird level, or whatever.
2: And they're just so keen to talk and answer questions when they get the opportunity to do that. One of the courses I did, I was at a zoo and we had to ask a crocodile what her favorite food was. And she Mm. said to humans, and I said, oh, you can't no. say that." And she said, "You ask me the question, I'm giving you the answer." It's <laughs> actually a captive-born crocodile, so she's never had the opportunity to taste a human, but she's obviously been talking to her wild relatives and that's what they've told her so how they communicate with each other you know across distances they have conversations that we're not privy to I see my cats every now and then having a family meeting and they're all just sitting down close to each other nothing's being said out loud and I don't eavesdrop and tune into what they're saying but I know that they're having a conversation with each other so there's lots of talking that goes on behind the scenes that we're totally unaware of and I'm sure they do talk about us but only because they keep care about us so they're not you know nasty or vindictive or anything they're very caring they might be getting very frustrated at how long it takes us to work things out but they're very <laughs> patient
0: <laughs> mm. well i think one of the things that can help is if we recognize that okay yes they can understand us and yes we should have conversations that's what a relationship's about But we still need to look at them and say, yeah, they're a cat. They're a dog. They don't think the way humans do, but they can adapt to our thought processes for communication purposes. But they're completely different. And their instinctual nature is their spirituality. It is their default form. And we have to respect that. And once we respect that in them, they respect us as a human. And that's what makes the relationship really strong and really viable. And so you, the communication gets really powerful. Yep.
2: And that, that's what I've said that, you know, it just totally enriches the relationship. It takes it to a new level. You know, people don't understand how strong a bond with an animal can be until you start communicating and getting answers to your questions. And whether mm-hmm. you're getting someone to ask questions on your behalf, or whether you learn how to ask questions yourself. Either way, it changes the relationship, which just makes life so much better for the animals and for the humans so much fuller and richer Mm, yeah Mm
1: -hmm. and you have one facebook group no you have more than one facebook
2: i have a business facebook page called cosmic heart intuitive Mm -hmm. i've got my personal facebook profile which is annie burke and Mm -hmm. i do have a private facebook group understanding your animals for what Mm -hmm. i call conscious animal parents who understand that their animal has a soul so it's basically a community of animal parents where we share photos and stories about our animals and Mm -hmm. i add Advertise the free masterclasses that i offer so for people who are interested in joining the group please message me and i can add you to the group i do two free masterclasses a month for animal parents and I advertise them on Facebook and LinkedIn as events and also in meetup. Mm-hmm. And people are welcome to register for them. I do two sessions in the one day to accommodate people in different time zones because I can't find one time zone that suits Australia, UK, and USA. Mm-hmm. And I talk about all sorts of things to do with animals. So I've done sessions about animal behaviour and health issues soul facts that your animals want you to understand, animal communication, animal mediumship, euthanasia uh, which Mm. I did in conjunction with the euthanasia bit so lots of different topics for animal parents to understand so everyone's welcome to join those and they're free
1: great yeah so any of you who are listening to this today if you want to explore more about animal communication then I encourage you to reach out to Annie and check out her Facebook group so that you can learn some more
2: yeah we got to get the message out yep that's a part of my life purpose yep got to raise global awareness about the importance of animals and and how much of a difference we can make for them Mm
0: -hmm. yeah I think it's important Mm -hmm. this is what the animals want us to know and we have to Mm -hmm. start listening and we have to allow them to have their voice so thank you so much this has been such an incredible conversation I'm So happy to speak with other people who speak my own language. So, thank you for joining us here. Is there any last minute things that you would like to tell our audience
2: before we let you go? Well, first of all, I'd like to thank both of you for the opportunity to be a guest on your show. And I've loved having our conversation as well. And for the listeners, yes, please just have a conversation with your animal and it will make a huge difference for them. And please contact me if you'd like to find out anything more about my services or programs books, masterclasses, or having just a Zoom chat, just talking about your animals and just finding out what's going on. I'd love to have a chat about having a chat to your animals.
0: And all of that's going to be on the show notes, so...
2: Yeah,
1: and don't forget to check out her books, The Bridge to Animal Consciousness and Evolving Hearts and Souls, The Guide to Spiritual Awakening, which are both on Amazon. And as well, we didn't mention that she also has her own podcast called What Animals Tell Me. So search for that as well.
2: That's available on the major podcast platform. Mm. Some of the episodes are talking about some of my conversations with animals and the first couple of episodes are talking about energetic visits from animals and can my soul in spirit animal soul and spirit reincarnate but I also interview people who work with animals in really unique ways as well so absolutely mm. fascinating conversations there for people to listen
1: mm, I'm sure
0: so thanks again for joining us we are so grateful to have you open invitation to come back if you release a new book or if you have more information you want to share from the animals to our listeners and with that we'll let you go and get these messages
2: out thank you so much you're welcome have a good night Thank
0: you. Take care. Wow. Another fantastic conversation. I am so happy that Miranda and I are able to bring you these amazing people and have these amazing conversations because this is what the animals want you to know. and this is how we are giving them a voice. So if you have any questions, email us at the Filespodcast at gmail.com. And we will have her resources on the show notes as well as on our website. So you can always go there. Our website is theanimalfilespodcast.com. And while you're there check out our social media links. They're all there for you. You can donate and you can support us by joining Patreon and becoming a patron. And we also have merch. So you can wear a nice shirt, hoodie, have a mug to show your support. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or a journal in your own pet health journal that has our logo in it.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> we will see you next time on the animal files podcast bye for now bye. thanks for listening to today's episode if you enjoyed the show please be sure to rate review and recommend the show on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts if you want some more great info be sure to check out www.theanimalfilespodcast.com